everybody you know what time it is you know what time it is you know what time it is it's real vile time babies that's right we're here to get real and we're here to get vile so uh of course you know who i am i'm the g to the e to the r to the m the t stands for the but you already knew that because you're a smart motherfucker and we're about to rip it up in a modern way so it's gotta be mr germ t ripper and of course along with me myself and i i've got my beautiful and lovely co-host the tower of the hour the princess of power miss killer kelly miller hey killer hey. kelly what's up hey not much hey um hey <laughs> girl <laughs> hey not much very cool susperia dress shirt yeah, dress dress it is a dress, dress. I, I stand up but <laughs> it's very cute i love it i like it i love it give me more of it uh, but of course, uh, we can't go anywhere without the Prime Minister, the Sinister, Mr. Ruthless Chris. Ruthless Chris, tell the people at home what's really going on. Uh, what's really going on is we're gearing up for uh, Christmas after this. Christmas, indeed. Oh, the Mass of Christ, if you if you will. <laughs> uh, well, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been on the old real vile tip. Uh, you guys been up to anything wacky or wild? No, no, it's basically fucking hibernation season. So as soon as like as soon as I get off work, it's like five o'clock and then it gets dark at like five thirty. Then I'm like so fucking like so little motivation by that point. But me and Chris did go see um Thanksgiving. I'm sure one of us will talk about that. Are you talking about that one tonight? I sh- I can. I, I got <laughs> I, a it wasn't list. on my list, um, but yeah, we can give it a brief Right. Yeah, we went we went and saw Thanksgiving uh on eve of Thanksgiving uh which mm-hmm. was fun. Um we expected it to be packed and it really wasn't. Um I went and saw Cool Keith. That was cool. I got interviewed to be in his documentary, which is pretty pretty rad. I um, think that it happened since the last before the last one. So that was like the day I got back from California. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh went out to to cleveland for a while with bobo we we ran around hawking hills which is like a state park we have that's full of like all these crazy cave systems and shit um we played some laser tag and got put in the laser tag gulag because bobo was too good and the dude thought we were cheating and tried to start a fight with us our first game it was pretty funny that we go to a children's game and we put get put on lockdown <laughs> for our safety <laughs> <laughs> we had a whole birthday party wanting to beat us up, but it it was a cool space. It was like this like three story like laser tag arena with like all kinds of neons and shit. That was fu- that was a fucking blast. So yeah, I've been up to some fun stuff. They put you on lockdown for your safety. It was a whole birthday party of people, and they were like mostly uh, very large uh, ghetto adults. We were in Cleveland, um, and they were making a very uh, the words. I will kill you was uttered over a laser tag game. So I will kill you. So later on, we ended up back in a game with this guy. We just fucking hunted this fucking pig down like the dog he was and just made his life miserable. We found out where he was. We gave each other shit signals from like we would just be like, oh, oh, and then like, the other person has come to the fucking. 
Well, that does sound exciting, and it does sound traumatic indeed. Might have lost your life over a game of laser tag. Who knows? It is a wild world we live in. But uh, besides all that wild wackiness, wild it looks wacky, to dude. me like this episode will be coming out on the 4th of December when you have a big wrestling event coming up the 9th of December. I do. Um, so coming up, uh, we have our first ever no ring show, which is called Whiteout in Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, by now, the whole card will have been released. Uh, it's a full card. Uh, we also have the metal band Elbow Deep playing. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. Tickets are available at our, our ruthlesspro.ticketleap.com backslash whiteout. So come on out and join us. That's December 9th, Dearborn, Michigan at Lines Skate Park. It's going to be the first ever no ring death match to take place in a full on Tony Hawk style skate park. Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> Oh yeah, we're all decked out and we're gonna we're gonna dress like 1980s Coke dealers. So get your Hawaiian shirts and your pinky rings ready, giant sunglasses. I figured that was the reason for the title of uh, Whiteout. I I wanted to like I I always try to come up with fun themes, and I think it would be hilarious to be like in the middle of December in snowy Michigan, and everyone's just like in their tropical fucking gear, being obnoxious. Is kind of at like a place called Lines, you know? Yeah, and I, I was kind of mocking the name of the place at the same time. Fair enough. Well, uh, you've got lots of really exciting things going on, and that is very, very cool. You know, we mu- we love having exciting lives around here, and I just wanted to talk about uh, the exciting movie we'll be talking about this evening. It is a brand new movie, 2023's Suitable Flesh. Now, uh, if you know any better thing about this movie, it's based on a Lovecraft, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft story, and it was created out of an unfinished uh, Stuart Gordon script, I believe. But before we get to all that wild, wacky, and weirdness, let's talk about what else we've been watching uh, since last we spoke. Uh, let's get that train of trucking. The terror train is on the tracks, and we're <laughs> about to get going down. And hey, Killer Kelly, what you been watching, baby doll? Um, I watched this new one, uh, 2023 Oracle. Oh, where the hell did I watch that? Oh, it's on HBO Max, directed by uh, Daniel DeGrado. I didn't. I don't really see anything else that. I'm familiar with that he's directed. Looks like some might be like Swedish. Yep, definitely Swedish. You can tell by the name of some of the movies. Um with the little with the little dots. But anyway, this follows Shay. She's um she accepts a job on a um a property in like southern Georgia. Like oops. <laughs> Um, Shay, she's a a, um, a Civil War uh, like history major student. You know that's what she's studying, and she's super into like that subject, uh, slavery specifically. And she gets offered offered a job to like babysit some kids on this old plantation house, like way down in like southern Georgia, and it's you can tell it's super old. She goes to check it out. Um, meets the owner you know single white lady you see you kind of get some weird vibes and you're like i don't know does this lady have like a thing against her because she's like a black girl you know that's 
is there some roots with this plantation and this lady's family? And that's what you kind of start thinking. But then it goes into something else. Or is this place more haunted? What's going on here? You know? So she's in there, like, um, babysitting the kids. There's two kids, or three kids. There's uh, two boys and a girl. And shit just starts getting real weird. It's it's basically like a haunting movie, or is it? You know? Or is it something that's... Um, has something to do with the owner and some sort of like revenge, like based on like bloodlines or something like that. I'm not going to tell you the outcome of this, but it was all right. I mean, it was just, it, it was decent. Um, I think Heather Graham was in it. I think she oh. was the plantation owner. Let me double check that. I thought that was her. Yeah, it was Heather Graham, but yeah, Heather Graham, she's like the plantation owner. And she, um, at first the girl's not going to take the job. And then she decides, um, the lady calls her in the middle of the night with an emergency, an emergency with her mom. And she's like, dude, I have to leave right now. So the girl's like, fuck, I guess I'll do it. She offers her like $500 and some shit. So she's like, I have to do it. So it ends up in this fucking house anyway. And yeah. yeah. Very cool. Uh, how many stars <laughs> would you give Oracle? Three. It was Three. just mad. Okay. It wasn't, I mean, it was a little better than average. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, streaming on Prime, right? Uh, Max. Max, HBO okay. Max. Yep. Yeah, three stars on Max. Uh, Chris, you said you haven't seen Oracle yet, right? No, I almost watched it today. I don't. Yeah, know when I was doing my um, thirty or thirty-one horror movies I'd never seen before in October, I checked yep. out Oracle, and uh, yeah, I think I had the, about the same experience as you, Kelly. It yeah. was good, not great kind of predictable yeah. but yeah. great acting great effects uh it was really smart the way it was done it was but it, it's very predictable it was uh, if you good. don't mind it being predictable and you don't mind seeing the twist coming a mile away definitely check it out i give it three stars as well yeah and it's like you your Max, average it mm -hmm. it's basically just like your average fucking horror movie yeah i didn't hate it very very cool all right there mr ruthless chris what you got for us next baby uh, as per usual, uh, as the trend, I've watched a lot of movies, so I'm going to do the old double up, um, but I'll make them quick. Uh, first one I'm going to talk about is 1981 Walter Hill movie called Southern Comfort. Uh, this is the first time I have seen this. Um, I hadn't actually even heard of this until recently. This is kind of a companion piece to deliverance. Um, what you have is a group of, uh, army, uh, reserves, and they're set on a train mission in the bayou. Um, uh, you know, like, it's just like, they're in Louisiana, they're in the bayou. It's just like a training mission to kind of like keep them, you know, up to snuff in case they need to be deployed or anything. And what happens is, you know, they're deployed out there to do this mission. They're all, all their guns have blanks in them, but they, they end up running afoul of the locals. And by that, I mean, they act like complete fucking assholes and the locals think that they're getting attacked by them and decide to start killing the dick out of these people. Um, one of the interesting things I thought about this movie was you learn very quickly that the fucking army people are in the wrong. Like, you're following the bad guys in this movie. And, like, you're meant to kind of feel sympathetic for them, but you don't. Um, it's It was a really interesting movie. It was a lot of fun. Um, I can imagine it was a nightmare to film because the whole thing, they're trudging through swamps the whole movie. They are knee-deep in water the whole time. Uh, but there's like a lot of cool like booby traps, it's like you know things that the the Cajuns are leaving for him. The ending uh, is one hell of a of a gut punch of an ending. I don't want to go into it, but it's it's really cool. Um, I enjoyed this one a lot. I gave this one four stars. 
So that was uh, Southern Comfort by Walter Hill, 1981. And the next one I'm going to talk about is um, Body Parts, uh, which is what my background is. is 1991, uh, Eric, directed by Eric Red, um, starring Jeff Fahey. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this one. This is something that has been on my radar for a while. I even remember, you ever like remember those previews when you were a kid? Like, like you see a preview and it just sticks with you and you're like, I kind of want to see that movie and you never end up doing it and you finally get around to it. This is one of those for me. Um, what you have is Jeff Fahey is a, uh, he's in a bad car accident. He loses a limb. Why he's under, they ask his girlfriend uh, if it's okay if they graft on a, a new limb from a donor, you know, like someone's died and they took his limbs and they're like, you know, you can't wait for him to wake up. You got to say yes or no. Now, what you come to find out is it's a limb from a serial killer. And there's like a couple other people who also receive limbs from this killer. They're like, uh, the, uh, God, what's the guy who does Chucky's voice? Um, why is it escaping me right now? Uh, fucking Brad, um, no. Steven Dorf. Steve. Yeah. What? Um, so he, he receives the other arm and then there's another guy who received both his legs and they all start getting like taken over by this serial killer's motives, uh, through these limbs. And then they, they slowly start getting picked off one at a time by some mysterious person who's taking said limbs from them. And Jeff Fahey's got to figure out what's going on while trying to resist murdering everyone, including his wife and family. Uh, this was like. Right up my alley, like '90s cheese exploitation splatter. Um, it's very gory. It's a lot of fun. I always loved Jeff Fahey because he's one of those guys where I can't tell if he's a good actor or not, but I enjoy watching him. Like he's just a strange actor. Uh, but I gave this one four stars as well. So that was Body Parts, 1981, Southern Comfort, or 1991, and Southern Comfort, 1981, both four stars. Uh, I thought that I, you know, that both names sound so familiar. I've probably seen the name a million places, but I haven't seen either of these movies. Are they streaming anywhere, Chris? Um, Body Parts, I actually um, uh, rented a copy, and Southern Comfort, I believe I watched on Tubi. And Kelly, have you seen either of these? No, I don't believe I have. All right. Well, uh, guys, check it out. You know, Southern Comfort or Body Parts. Four stars each by Mr. Ruthless Chris. And it looks like, oh my goodness gracious gravy, it's my turn, baby. <laughs> and uh, the first movie I'm going to talk about is probably the my least favorite out of all the ones I'm going to talk about tonight, but still decent. It is 2021's Super Hot. Now, uh, this one, I feel like if it had a bigger budget, it would have been a great movie. And it's kind of uh, kind of a fun one. But at the same time, it just lacked uh, a bigger horror element that could have pushed over the edge. But this movie is about a pizza delivery girl who discovers their neighbor is moving into a sorority house of vampires. And then it's a race against time as she has to stop uh, being, from being sacrificed at midnight. It's got a lot, of, a lot of moving parts in this film that should have made it great because the pizza delivery girl is actually in love with her neighbor and uh, that's kind of why she goes to the sorority in the first place to just check in on her and then it turns out like oh she already knew that they were vampires and she was cool with being uh, part of this vampire cult but it just becomes it becomes pretty madcap and i liked how the characters for the most part seem pretty realistic and i like the dialogue a lot 
but there's just not a lot of the horror element. You know, you find out they're vampires, okay, but there's just not a lot of blood or gore, uh, which is fine for the most part, but it just wasn't what I was expecting because I've seen similar um, story types or story arcs like this in movies like Satanic Panic or Mm -hmm. uh, Slice that are pretty similar. They they were just executed better, Uh, but I still, I didn't hate it. I give it 2.5 stars, and it's streaming on Plex, Prime, and Tubi. Have you guys ever heard or seen of this movie, Super Hot? No. I think I feel like I've heard of it. And when you were explaining it, it did remind me uh, a lot of Satanic Panic. Maybe that's what what's ringing a bell for me. Fair enough. Well, if you have any interest in. Uh, a lesbian love story about a pizza girl and a vampire fighting in a, uh, <laughs> a super hot sorority. Check out Super Hot. It's uh, streaming for free on Tubi and Plex. And hell, if you got Prime, you can watch it on Prime. But in the meantime, let's keep this terror train a chugging. Boop, boop. Killer Kelly, what you got f- next for us? All right. Uh, the next one I got, I believe I discovered this one on Tubi. Or AMC, so which means it might be on Shutter. It might not be. Usually, when they're on AMC, they're on Shutter too. But uh, this one is The Midnight Man, starring Lin Shay and um, uh, Robert England was in this one. Um, this this is, this is surrounded like uh, uh, I'm sorry, fucking mouth mouth vomit. But um, <laughs> this this surrounds um. It's kind of like a game, like in the sense of like talk to me or like Bloody Mary or like, you know, like a kid's game. Um, It's called The Midnight Man. Uh, It starts out, it says the year, it's like 1959. And these kids are in the house. They're in this big, big old white house and they're playing the game. Obviously, the game is going to summon something. They're all sitting in a salt circle and like, (laughs) you know, the little things that they're doing to like, they're fucking summoning something. So they summon the uh, Midnight Man. They got to uh, write their name on a sheet with a dot of their blood and explain their worst fear. And they have to basically... It's kind of like a hide and seek sort of game. They have to stay away from the Midnight Man until like three a.m. I believe, and you you have to start this at like the stroke of midnight or like the tenth stroke of the clock. I don't know. It, it's a weird game like that. But anyway, years later, um, obviously Lin Shay was one of the little kids, and she's still kind of like haunted by her experience of playing that game when she was little because those kids in the in the beginning they die brutally like one fucking explodes like (laughs) uh that is one thing i liked about this movie it had some great kill scenes but um her granddaughter or something comes over because her mom's not doing well they all think she has dementia and shit and um she finds the game up in the attic invites uh, a friend a boyfriend over and they start playing the game and you know you can basically guess what happens next um robert england plays he's like he knows the grandma he pops in you know like to check on the grandma and he he is connected in the history of this game i'm not gonna say much more but this was actually like pleasantly good dude the kill seat like i said the kill seeds were fucking brutal um yeah this was surprisingly good i gave it a three and a half i believe very cool yeah it sounds very familiar 
and I'm sure I might have watched it when it first came out, but yeah, back then I was still drinking, and I'm pretty sure I drank my way through it and don't remember a thing about it. Mm-hmm. But that does sound like a uh, a cool movie to check out. Uh, where did you say it was streaming? Uh, AMC. Oh, I also gotta say, dude, Lynn Shay is the best fucking creepy old lady. And, like, she's, you know, no less creepy in this one. She's fucking great. Like, she's terrifying in this. And I, I love it. She's the I, best I, at whatever she does. She I've is. I've seen her do she, comedy. I've seen her do, you know, uh, dramatic. I've seen her do scary. I've seen her do good. Like, Link Shea is just a fucking amazing actress. I love she her. She is. She is. National treasure. She is. She's a national fucking treasure. Well, Chris, have you seen uh, Midnight Man? No, I've almost started a couple times. Um, it was one of those things where I didn't know if I've seen it before because the name's kind of generic. Yeah. You know, there's like Hollow Man, Midnight Man. You know, there's there's so many fucking mans. Uh, <laughs> but I, I've almost watched it a few times. Uh, but no, I haven't. I haven't pressed play on this one as of yet. Fair enough. And I just tried looking it up, and there was at least six Midnight Man um, movies named Midnight Man. So there's. Uh, there's an old Irish gangster movie I used to watch called The Midnight Man, where he was a serial killer too. Like he was a gangster, but he would like, like mutilate people and like melt their body parts and shit down. So I thought that was what she was talking about at first. But uh, fair enough. Uh, what three and a half AMC? Check it out, Midnight yeah. Man. Uh, in the meantime, what's up, ruthless Chris? What you got for us? Uh, this next uh. I got two more, but this next one I went in blind on, and this was a very pleasant surprise. Like, this one knocked my socks off. Um, It was directed by Jennifer Lynch, who is David Lynch's daughter. Um, She got really pigeonholed for making a movie called Box and Helena that people really hated, and then she made a movie called Surveillance, which I really loved with Bill Pullman. Uh, This is called Chained from 2012. Uh, it stars uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in what I think is one of the most impressive performances I've seen from him. And that's saying a lot. Um, it this he transformed into a serial killer better than anyone I've seen in a while. Like it is a fully fleshed out. Like he changes his voice, the way he talks, the way he moves. Like you know, he almost like disappears into this character. But what you have is it starts off with a uh, a, a woman and her and her a young child, a nine year old child, and they go to the movies. And the the husband drops them off, gives them some cab fare, and says, "I got to go to work. Here's some cab fare." Uh, I don't want you taking the bus home. Take a cab home. I want you guys to get home safe. Um, when they get picked up by the cab driver, the cab driver ends up chloroforming the mom, taking him back to his house. Uh, they can't. the The kid can't get out the back. Murders the mom. Takes the kid and changes him to a radiator. He's like, "I'm not going to kill you, but you're going to clean for me. You're going to cook for me. When I come home, you're going to have this ready for me. You're going to have that ready for me. And what it is." is this young man growing up as being this servant to this serial killer and what it does to him psychologically. Like, like the guy's got a signal, like when he's about to come home with another woman, you know, like a, like a light goes off and he has to go and get the door ready and then like, go get this ready. And then he's in charge of burying the bodies underneath the, uh, the basement. And he always leaves like a trinket to remember them by. And then he's in charge of going through the newspapers and cutting out the clippings and putting a, a book together for this guy. And it's pretty much like what happens to that psychologically, um, this weird bonding that starts to happen as he goes there so long to where D'Onofrio's character almost starts like thinking he's a father figure to him. 
This was a really fucking crazy movie. It was really good. It has a really unassuming cover. And the only reason I went into it was I was like, I saw this really bad cover, but I was like starring Vincent D'Onofrio. What the fuck would he be doing in a movie like this? So I watched it and it knocked my goddamn socks off. Like, I really loved this movie. I'm probably going to watch it again. Uh, four stars. I've been four starring it all night, apparently. Uh, the other one I watched uh, is called Random Acts of Violence. Um, this is 2019, uh, written, directed, and starring Jay Baruchel, who you may know from a bunch of the Seth Rogen movies. Like uh, he was in like Knocked Up, and he was in like Tropic Thunder and shit like that. He's normally a comedic uh, comedic actor. What you have in this one is a comic book artist uh, who writes this comic book called Slasher Man about a guy in a welding mask and like a fucking uh, jumpsuit. He's like a Michael Myers character. He's based off some killings that happened in the past where they never found the killer. And, um, like, uh, so it's like comics based on a true story, but the killer had never been found and murders start happening around him that reflect comic books that he hasn't made yet, but he has already drawn. So the cops get involved. Uh, this one's really grisly. It's extremely violent. Um, the lead actor was terrible. But aside from that, this was a really fucked up movie. Uh, it's very short. Uh, I think it's like only like 80 minutes. Um, but it's definitely worth a watch. Um, it has a really fucking crazy grisly ending that I didn't see coming. Like it was really fucking out there. Um, so yeah, that was Random Acts of Violence. I gave that one three. I didn't really enjoy that one as much as I enjoyed the other three I've already talked about. But it's definitely worth a watch. Um, it's definitely very for the the strong stomach there's some fucked up shit in this one so yeah random acts of violence three stars uh chained four all right well chain sounds like something i need to check out i i I don't think i'd ever heard of it i probably passed by a million times because you said it didn't have very good cover art the cover Um, is literally like a wooden floor with a chain across it it just says chained that sounds horrible but you know when i looked it up there's like ones that have like great artsy covers that were made for it they just didn't use them on the streaming service so i don't know fair enough and where's chains uh streaming uh i watched both these on tubi okay course. fair enough and uh yeah i remember i did watch random acts of violence i don't remember much about it uh except i must not have liked it too much because i gave it two and a half stars but uh you know hey uh, two and a half, three. That I think that's good enough to watch for free on Tubi, and you know, and it's got a great title, got a great cover art, and you and grizzly, grizzly, gory scenes are always fun to watch. Kelly, have you seen Random Acts of Violence and or Chained? I feel like I've seen Random Acts of Violence. Actually, that sounds real familiar. No, not Chained. Fair enough. Well, in the meantime, before we get to suitable flesh uh we got one more round of this to go but i'm going to talk about another movie that i've watched uh it is wreck four from 2014 now this is the fourth film in the wreck uh franchise and as far as i know it's probably going to be the last but it, it it did leave it open for another film so who knows now this franchise if you're not familiar with it is a spanish found footage uh films uh, that started out in an apartment building complex. And in my opinion, the second one is one of the scariest found footage films ever. And the third one, they turned it into a horror comedy, which I thought was a lot of fun. But four, 
I remembered it being my least, uh, I liked it least out of all four films. Upon revisiting it, I might like it the most, actually, because they don't use the found footage gimmick at all. I think maybe for like maybe one or two scenes and not even not even for five minutes. Uh, but what you have here is uh, the main character from the first two films. She's put aboard a, a a big boat that's on a voyage across the ocean where they're trying to study the zombie uh, infestation and trying to cure it. And uh, the deadly virus has now been unleashed on the ship and everybody is turning into to demonic zombies and ripping each other apart super gory super intense i like this a lot and i i didn't remember liking it as much as i do uh because i'm trying to go through all the movies that i've bought in the past year and watching them before i buy any more movies which is hard for me to do because i love buying movies uh this was in the uh scream factory rec box set Unfortunately, it doesn't look like the Wreck movies, or at least Wreck 4, doesn't look like Wreck 4 Apocalypse is streaming anywhere, but it's definitely worth uh, tracking down a physical copy of and watching because this is an intense zombie infection, demonic possession movie, and uh, if you've seen any of the other films in this series, you know what's coming in the way of the intensity of the film. But this one it might be might be my favorite, uh, or one of my favorites. I don't know. I keep saying that about every movie in this franchise. I'm like, oh yeah, part two is my favorite. Oh wait a minute, part three was really good. Oh wow, but part you know four what? is amazing. That says a lot because you also do not enjoy the found footage genre. So if you're that mm-hmm. crazy about these movies, that really just attests to how they're how good they are. You know. Yeah, I give uh, Rec 4 Apocalypse four stars, and it's not streaming anywhere, but definitely worth searching out. Uh, have you guys seen uh, Rec 4 Apocalypse? I don't think I've seen this one, but I have seen the Rec movies, and they are good. They are pretty fucking good. Uh, I have. Uh, uh, Ref Mike Burns was nice enough to send me a DVD or a Blu-ray of all four Rec movies. Uh, so I have blazed through all of them, and uh, I find every single one of them enjoyable. Uh, I think two is the standout myself, but all of them are strong. Yeah, uh, part two is definitely the most intense, and it might be one of my favorite found footage films. Actually, it's definitely one of my favorite found footage films. It's like being in like a haunted house where things are coming right at you the whole time. It's nonstop. Uh, part two is awesome. But part four, I thought was great for dropping the found footage gimmick and trying to go in a different direction. Definitely worth a watch. But we've got one last round of movies to talk about before we get to suitable flesh. Oh, Killer Kelly, what you got for us next? Um, What I'm going to talk about next is I know you guys have both seen it. Uh, we did talk about this. I believe it was on From Mouths of Madness. I don't believe we've talked about it on, on it here. But it was pretty popular when it came out. I finally got to finish it. Uh, this is Hellraiser, the one that's on Hulu from 2022. I really fucking enjoyed this one. I don't get all the hate that I'm seeing like in the reviews on IMDb, but it follows Riley. She's staying with her brother. Uh, she's struggling with drug addiction. She starts dating a dude that talks her into robbing like this crate of uh, artifacts that some billionaire had. And obviously she comes across the, the puzzle box. Um, 
And basically, you know what happens yet next. She starts playing with it. She summons the demons. And, you you know, all hell breaks loose, quite, quite literally. But um, I, I loved this one. Um, I, I really liked the idea of Riley being an addict. And the way it seemed like she was just addicted to even playing with the box, you know, at times. It was, um, it was like a fidget spinner for her. It was. It was. But she was fucking all kinds of people up, like... Everybody around her obviously died in horrible fucking deaths. I love the androgynous um, pinhead. The new pinhead fucking rocked. The art direction in this movie fucking rocked. It was very beautifully um, beautifully produced for as uh, gory as it is. I don't know, man. I thought it was a great... It wasn't exactly a remake, but it's definitely... Um, it's, it's, a, it's a sequel, you know? It's a newer sequel. So they just end up with the box. I thought it was fantastic. I gave it four stars. Four stars sounds fair, definitely. And is it still streaming on Hulu? Yes. All right, four stars on Hulu. Chris, I know that uh, you've probably already talked about this. I know that I have. But what, uh, briefly, what were your feelings on the newer Hellraiser from this 2022, right? Yeah. I, uh, I honestly loved it. I don't know why it got all the hate. I thought uh, there was a lot of really interesting stuff going on. I mean, especially as someone who's I've dived, dived into the uh, ass end of the Hellraiser series, like, like, like part seven and eight and all that. And people complaining about this one have obviously not seen the directions. I mean, the, the one where it's a cyber cafe and pinheads in a computer, Jesus Christ. And they're complaining <laughs> right. about this. Um, this one I felt was like a, a much needed return to form. I think it fit much more with the original vision of Hellraiser. Uh, mm -hmm. I also very much loved Pinhead. And I mean, if you've ever read the Hellbound Heart, Pinhead was described as an androgynous, sexless character. So it made mm -hmm. sense for it to be this. Um, I really liked the device they had in the guy's stomach that was like slowly turning his organs. So he was always yeah. being tortured. I thought that was pretty cool. The Cenobites were cool. The, uh, the only thing I remember not liking was I didn't really care much for the main leads. I thought they were kind of annoying, but that was my only grievance with it. I love the movies. I thought they were four stars easy. I liked Riley as a main lead. I didn't care about a lot of the other characters, but the girl that played Riley, like the main character, I liked her a lot. Um, and this was also David Bruckner. Like everything else he makes is pretty fucking dope. Uh, Nighthouse, um, Southbound, VHS, The Signal, you know? He does a lot I of love good the shit. Signal. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Signal's a great film. Yeah, and I, I didn't dislike this movie at all. I just found it to be too clean for me for to be a Hellraiser movie. It's uh, I think it was uh, one of the reasons that you liked it was the art direction, and it might have been one of the reasons I disliked it was just it was so clean and so perfect looking. And and I get that me, because usually like the Hellraiser movies are gritty and fucking like disgusting and shit. So I, I get what you're saying. I didn't think about that, but I still but, like it. Yeah, no, I still liked it as well. I gave it three and a half stars. And uh, yeah, it, if you have Hulu and you haven't watched it yet, or even if you have watched it yet, rewatch uh, 2022's Hellraiser. And on that tip, uh, Ruthless Chris, paging Ruthless Chris, what you got for us next? All right, my last two. <laughs> uh, first one I'm going to talk about, uh, we went and saw Eli Ross Thanksgiving. Uh, that's been the talk of the town. Uh, seems to be uh, everyone really loves it. Um, it was kind of a mixed bag for me, if I'm going to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. The first half, I didn't enjoy as much as the second. 
I found all the characters that he made kind of intolerable. Like, I think that was my real problem with it was it, it was just intolerable characters and like it made it so you couldn't really like anybody, but it had a lot of cool gore, yeah. uh, good, good uh, costume for the killer. Um, the second half of it was very strong and I, and it, I ended up really liking it by that time, but the first half of the movie, I was rolling my eyes quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I know a lot of people, like I'm looking at the letterbox right now and like most people are giving it four and four and a half. I gave it three and a half. That's not good. I, I, I I had to sit with it for a while to even see like how I truly felt about it. Cause like I said, it was like a rocky start that had a great finish. Uh, but yeah, uh, in the grand pantheon of Eli Roth movies, I don't think he's as great as everyone makes him out to be. I think a lot of his movies miss more than they hit. Like Knock Knock's awful, uh, Death Wish is awful, Green Inferno is okay, uh, Hostel is okay. You know, um, Cabin Fever is awesome. That's mm -hmm. I give him Cabin Fever. Uh, so yeah, three and a half. Uh, and then the other one I watched, I went in blind on this thing, and I loved it to death. And I see on the letterbox that you loved it too, um, Jerm. And that's The Wretched, uh, 2019. Uh, this was directed by Drew T. Pierce and Brett Pierce, a, a brother uh, a duo directors. Um, this one was really cool. Um, it was, you could tell they didn't have a lot of money, but it didn't hurt it at all. Um, you could tell that they had enough to do everything what they wanted to do in this movie, and it was a tight, small story. Um, what you have is a a son with a broken arm who's been sent to live with his father uh you could, the the parents are divorcing or estranged from each other uh the father runs a marina in michigan somewhere and the neighbors next to him run afoul of a thousand year old witch who can body jump into people and feeds on babies and the the thing it does also is it can put you under its spell to make you forget about your children too as it feeds on them so you won't even realize you, that you had a child and it can control people's minds all this stuff it's a really tight crazy story it actually kind of has a, some mirroring of suitable flesh and uh, and um there's a lot from two witches that we talked about earlier in the year that that it was reminiscence of the character design in this was awesome. The creature design. There's some genuinely scary and freaky parts of this. And the other thing I'll give it um, credit for is for a no budget movie, the people acted the shit out of this movie. Like they had dimension to them there. There was like, wow. Like uh, at the beginning, I was like, wow, everyone's super likable in this movie. It's another one of those. And then like they started making mistakes and like trying to make things up to people are like, oh, they're everyone in this movie is three dimensional. Holy shit. You know? So it was it was a really cool movie. Um, I will give it the caveat of there is a lot of child violence. And by child, I mean, like, you're going to see babies getting eaten and infants and like like five and six year olds getting to rip <laughs> the fuck up. So if that's something that's going to trigger you, I'd, I'd skip this one. But uh, I would highly recommend The Wretched. I watched that on Shudder, but I believe it's also on Tubi. Very cool. uh, and yeah, I gave that one four. Yeah, that's a Wretched is a great movie. I gave it three and a half. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Have you seen Wretched Kelly? 
I fucking I, when Chris was asking me like yesterday, he's like the wretched. Have you seen it? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Then he's explaining it. Even he just explained it now, and I don't fucking remember that movie. But it sounds completely up my alley. You know how I am with like baby killing <laughs> in movies. Haunted <laughs> children. <laughs> I know. Please, I always please, end up watching. <laughs> I don't even. Please try. make that a soundbite. You know how I am with baby killing. <laughs> Well, no, when I was watching it, like everything about this movie is up your alley. And if you'd yeah. seen it, I know you wouldn't have forgotten it because Probably it's one not. of those movies you don't really forget because it's pretty fucked up. I fucking love witch movies too. Like, right. I, I'm, I'm surprised. So maybe watch. it's one of those movies I put in one night, like going to bed and fell asleep. And maybe, maybe I thought I even talked to it, about it on here, but I guess not. I thought one of you had, because I thought that was why I checked it out, but I'm not sure. Could have just been somebody else who was talking about it. But Maybe. yeah, it's a witch movie. It's folk horror. It's all those things. Great acting. Great story. Uh, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It feels like an 80s movie. It feels like an 80s throwback movie. Like It's not filmed that way, but like even the way the story progresses and how everything is, it, it definitely has an 80s feel to it. Fuck, sounds completely up my alley. Like everything about that you just said. I'm like, that's, that's why I messaged you like a million every- times while I was watching it. Like, you gotta watch this fucking <laughs> movie. You'll love it, Kelly. I'll watch it tonight. Sounds like everything I like in a witch movie. Yeah, there it is. Very, 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 very cool. Well, I've got one last movie to talk about before we get on to Suitable Flesh. It is. A movie that I bought without knowing anything about it because once a month I like to treat myself to a trip to uh, Graveface Records in Chicago, which sells, you know, Blu-rays and movies and memorabilia and records and all that fun stuff. And if you know anything about the uh, label Terror Vision, the mm-hmm. owner of Graveface Records here and in uh, Savannah, Georgia, uh, he runs Terror Vision as well. So all the latest uh, releases from Terravision are there and prominently displayed. So I helped myself to this film as a blind buy. I had only seen the trailer and I saw the cast and I was sold. It is 2011's Some Guy Who Kills People. Now You almost watched this last night. <laughs> the, mo- the, the title is uh, unfortunate. The artwork on almost every poster is unfortunate because this is one of the best movies of any genre that I've seen in a long time. I can't rate I like I got so excited to see that I hadn't talked about this since we last recorded because it's such a great movie. Um it it seems very straightforward at first and it's about a a young man who I guess he's probably in his early 20s. He's fresh out of the mental institution and he's trying to start his life over in the small town that he grew up in. And he just keeps getting bullied by the same people that pushed him around in high school. Well, these people that pushed him around in high school are getting killed off one by one. And everybody thinks, oh, well, Ken Boyd, is all, he's, he's back at it. He's killing off the people that picked on him. And through the twists and turns of this movie, it's hard to tell who's doing what with who and how. It's just really smart and really well done. Uh, it's a it's a typical don't judge a book by its cover movie. It is uh, I can't even rave about this enough because it's funny, it's violent, it is uh, dramatic. It's it's such a great uh, genre film that you know if you told me that somebody like. Uh, 
James Gunn had done it, who, who is great at combining genres seamlessly, I would have believed you. But it's got Barry Bostwick, and you know him from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Karen Black, who is like a horror icon. Uh, just the the list of the, uh, the the cast in this is amazing, just going down the list. Everybody, character actors, uh, Leo Fitzpatrick, which you probably remember from Kids, movie kids from the 90s i'm pretty sure he played casper in that he was also a bully he he didn't play casper he played um the main guy the guy who played casper ended up killing himself he was the guy from next friday okay really well i I can't i can't suggest some guy who kills people enough i got the blu-ray i you know i'm a sucker for physical media but this this movie is brilliant, and it is streaming for free on Freebie and Tubi, and I give it five stars all day long. Damn. Uh, have you guys seen or heard about Some Guy Who Kills People? I have not. Some I almost people. watched it the other night. I even watched the um, the trailer. Um, I was really sold. Because the, the guy who stars it is one of my favorite uh, underrated character actors. His name is Kevin Corrigan. Um, if you've seen, if I showed you his face, you've seen him in a million and a half things. He just never really stars in anything, but I really enjoy him in almost everything he does. And it was presented by John Landis, which I thought was crazy. Uh, but the, the trailer was kind of not great. So I kind of like ended up on something else, but with your endorsement, I'm going to have to go check it out because I was that close to checking it out. Yeah, definitely worth a watch, you know, and especially it's on free V and Tubi, you know, uh, trying to see the, uh, his love interest in this movie, Lucy Davis, uh, you'll probably know mostly from uh, Shaun of the Dead, is in this. Like, the cast is just amazing. I can't. I can't. He's also uh, the girl from the original Office, the British yes. Office. Yes, oh, okay. absolutely. Uh, but yeah, five stars, and it's streaming on Freebie. It's streaming on Tubi, and definitely worth a watch. Oh my goodness gracious, gravy! Holy guacamole! It is about that time that we take a tra- train trip. The terror train is pulling into Spoiler Town. Toot-toot. We're going to be talking about the brand new movie, 2023's Suitable Flesh. And now for our feature presentation. Goodness gracious, gravy. We're about to go crazy on this Lovecraftian tale a psychiatrist that becomes obsessed with her young patients who she later discovers is linked to an ancient curse. Wowie Kazowie. Uh, I heard people talking about this movie for a long time. I was excited to check it out for this. Uh, you guys want to talk about it for a little bit? Yeah. Hell yeah. I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was fun as fuck, man. It was, it was um pretty, there nonstop action, basically, from the beginning to end. I really like that. It didn't give you a chance to get bored with it at all, you know? There's a lot of things I really enjoy stylistically they chose. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, they made a, a point to make it feel like an 80s movie, especially yeah. with, like, the, the sexy saxophone. Like, you don't hear that shit in soundtracks anymore, <laughs> that, that sultry, like, the rainy night sex scene saxophone over like this shit. Also, I didn't realize that was Heather Graham through most of the way through the movie. And I've seen her in a million things. I've watched her since she was in Drugstore Cowboy. Right. You know, and she really transformed herself in this thing. And it was really impressive because with the storyline, you know, this this entity is jumping between bodies. But all these different actors had to play the entity the same way. So you had 
all these different actors that had to get mm -hmm. on the same page to make you feel like this thing is inside them. And mm -hmm. it's very sexual. It's very confident, you know, and it's, 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 it's really asshole. impressive how they did that. Um, I mean, there was really a lot to like in this. Um, you know, at first I thought it was going to be on the milder side uh, until it really got going, like, you know, gore-wise and all that. I thought it was going to be more, you know, like a cerebral body switch, like who is it now kind of thing. But no, it gets it gets real fucked up. It gets real goopy. Um, the end of it was reminiscent of Reanimator to me, the original yeah. Reanimator, uh, which I, I fucking really loved. I mean, it really delivered on the the crazy Lovecraftian finish to this thing. Um all in all, man, like, you know, I I had a goddamn blast with this movie. Like this is this is one of those movies that's made for me. You know, like I'm yeah. a big HP Lovecraft junkie. I got the the complete Necronomicon at the house. I read it all the fucking time. You know, it's it's I grew up on that guy, you know, even I know I know he's controversial now with his undertones now that people know what it's all about, but I still think he's an excellent horror writer. And this was a great movie. And the guy who made it, uh, Joe Lynch, um, he made one of my like favorite underrated horror sequels, which was Wrong Turn 2 with Henry Rollins in it. That yeah. movie is so yeah. much fucking fun. If you've never seen Wrong Turn 2, it really is. watch that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, someone else, someone else talk about it. Yeah, well, going into Suitable Flesh, when I saw the poster of uh, Heather uh, Heather Graham holding that big knife, I, I immediately just assumed that it was going to be maybe a slasher movie, a, a survivalist movie. I didn't know much about it going into it, thankfully, because at first when it started and they're doing the whole Arkham thing, they're doing the whole Miskatonic thing, I was just like... Really? Because everything that has H.P. Lovecraft has to throw in Arkham this or Miskatonic that, and it gets a little tiresome. But once I realized that this is um, a love letter to director and filmmaker Stuart Gordon, that's when my heart skipped a beat. I was just like, I love uh, the movies of Stuart Gordon. I love From Beyond. I love Reanimator. He made some of the most... Uh, the most uh, memorable scenes in horror movies, the most memorable moments in HP Lovecraft inspired horror movies. Like I said, reanimator from beyond so on and so forth. He's made so many great movies and I'm, I met him a few times, great person. Um, and then to know that this was based off like a script that he had never finished and that it's, uh, you know, everything about this movie then saying clear to me that this is just such a great, uh, great film. And then to have it also starring Barbara Crampton, who was a staple in a lot of his films, you know, reanimator and from beyond and like so many other, uh, that's where I knew her from. And I've seen her a lot of stuff recently. She's totally dove into like doing a lot of indie films and going to a lot of film festivals. She she's a great person to meet. Super nice actress. Uh, so yeah, this I thought this was a really fun movie. And like you said, the score, the soundtrack, uh, sort of reiterated that whole '80s horror thing, and the whole psychiatrist doing the hypnotism reminding me of the mm -hmm. '80s. You don't see anybody doing that nowadays and the hypersexualism the uh, the ultraviolent everything just screamed 80s and then also besides just uh starring barbara crampton based on hp lovecraft 
another great nod to uh, Stuart Gordon was that it is produced, I believe, by Brian Yuza, who did a lot yep. of great uh, yeah. body horror, did a lot of great movies in the 80s, and also collaborated with uh, Stuart Gordon on multiple films. So this is this is such a great love letter to to uh, Stuart Gordon and uh, I'm I I actually looked for it on physical copy before I had rented it digitally unfortunately it's not available on physical copy yet hopefully it will be and I think it is over in Europe but I uh, I don't have an all region blu-ray player uh so hopefully it'll be released on a blue uh blu-ray physical copy sooner than later because I, I thoroughly enjoyed this and i would like to see like a making of documentary i would like to see some extras there's some great gore great practical effects really smart body jumping movie uh that is definitely worth a watch you guys uh anything else you want to say about suitable flesh yeah um so recently i i listened to a podcast where they actually uh um interviewed the director uh, he was on Colors of the Dark recently, and um, he went in on, you know, like the the whole how it was an unfinished Stuart Gordon thing and how Stuart Gordon's estate actually handed the script over to him and like entrusted him to do it. He took it very seriously and how he actually approached Jeffrey Combs to be in it. And Jeffrey Combs really wanted to be involved, but he couldn't be just because scheduling differences. And, you know, like he didn't think he would be able to get Barbara Crampton and. Barbara Crampton, you know, because she doesn't really like to do a lot anymore, you know, acting wise. And once she got involved, you know, like ever all the other pieces came involved. And um, but yeah, I mean, you could tell even in directing that he would just like was like, I'm just going to do what I think Stuart Gordon would do. He's like, I, this is going to be my love letter to Stuart Gordon. And I am the biggest Stuart Gordon fan. Um, I have a full back piece of Reanimator um, mm -hmm. from Beyond. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, you know, when he died, that was a, that was a, a tragic loss to me. So, like, for something like this to come out because you know when when the final scene was happening, um, before before the 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 twist reveal, but like mm -hmm. the final scene in the hospital where you know like the the sounds getting crazy and you can hear the entity like trying to say the words, you know, and you don't know where it's going, and like the camera starts spiraling and all this shit. I was like, this is so fucking reanimated. This is so good. Like it, this, this movie, it felt like it was made for me, you know, like, yeah. I truly loved it. I, I couldn't recommend it enough. This one's four and a half stars all day for me. Yeah. This one is definitely going on my uh, end of the year list. Top 10. Yes. It was, it, it was that good. It might even, it might even make my top five, but um, yeah, I don't know what else I can say that you guys weren't already saying about this. It's um, even the way it looks, looks like an eighties movie. Um, at first with the psychiatrist, I thought they were going to go in a direction kind of like what smile did, you know, with the dude in the office and shit, but it did not, you know, and you're right. It was like Lovecrafty. And of course it did not. Uh, it was like a, uh, <laughs> It was like a super like sexual fucking reanimator in a lot of ways. But yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I gave it four myself. Yeah, and I, I just remembered that Bruce Davidson's in this. I mean, talk about a scene stealer here. He's just he chews up the scenery and everything he's in. And it's just great to see an all-star cast. And then also my friend Graham Skipper, which you might have recognized from yeah. movies. Yeah, he's in a lot of like uh the Bezos movies. Yes, Bezos movies. So 
it's it's a great cast, great film. I gave it three and a half, and I'm looking forward to it to be streaming um, on other platforms where I don't have to rent it every time, or if I can buy a physical copy because I will definitely buy a physical copy of this. But mm-hmm. anyways, that's about it on suitable flesh. Unless you guys have anything else to say about it, I want to throw one more thing in there. I forgot to say the the teenage actor who played Aza fucking murdered that movie. Um, and the the last half of this movie, he just had to be like this mm-hmm. flattened, nasty corpse just pulling itself along the floor, <laughs> and like yeah. that's like half the movie for him. So, mad props to that kid. I, I loved that running gag they had with him. Um, but yeah, I can't. I, I keep gushing about this movie. But yeah, the the kid who played Asa or Asa or whatever, Asa. however you pronounce it, was was fucking awesome too. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, it looks it. like besides this, he hasn't been in too much other, too many other films. But he was in 2017's Babysitter, which I thought was a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what Judah Lewis, uh, that's the actor's name, does after this because he's definitely making him a name for himself in genre cinema. Uh, Kelly, anything else? Any final thoughts on Suitable Flesh? It, um, no, I don't have much more. It's a super fun movie. Fucking check it out. Um, it's not streaming for free anywhere as of yet. I think we already covered this, but you can rent it on Amazon. I think it was like four bucks. Well worth the four dollars, though. You know, do it. Well, very, very cool. Check it out. Definitely worth the rental on Prime or wherever, wherever you can find it. Watch Suitable Flesh. But in the meantime, our next show will be out December 18th. And of course, it will be a holiday horror show. Uh, We might have a guest. We might not. Who knows? Wackiness abounds. (laughs) You guys, any final words? Any final words for the real vile land? Uh, yeah, hopefully I see you guys come join us for Whiteout uh, December 9th. Uh, come come up to Dearborn, Michigan. I know Kelly will at least be there mm-hmm. uh, and myself. So And uh, I'll be celebrating my birthday there. So oh, uh, yeah. come give me birthday hugs. And if you're lucky, I might let you give me a little spank. Um, <laughs> aside from that, keep it uh, keep it sleazy, kiddos. Oh, I, I, I'll have some stickers at that show. I ordered some real vile stickers today. Holy guacamole! Definitely get your butts down to real. Get your butts down to whiteout. Uh, Ruthless Pro Wrestling's whiteout. Get yourself a a, a real vile sticker because that's where it's hi. at, baby dolls. I'll give you but in the meantime, all I've got left to say is keep it creepy, keep it spooky, keep it real vile forever, and God bless America. Send nudes. Oh.